This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Austin, also known as Teacup. And my name is Shelby, also known as Sheacup. Join us as we embark on unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed universe. From Assassins to Templars to the mysterious Isu and more, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. I'm Shelby or SheCup, and I am your host, co-host, or guide for this podcast. And I'm here with my other co-host and lore expert, and I'll let him introduce himself. Yes, so I am Austin or Teacup, and I am your lore master, expert, whatever you want to say for this podcast. Um, Yeah. So, Austin, we've been talking a lot about Assassins versus Templars the past several weeks on this show. So, are we still talking about them this week? Uh, No, we are about to take a quick break of that for the series. um, And we're going to do our first ever character deep dive. If you listen to the Dragon Age Lorecast, you are familiar with our character deep dives. there aren't as many side characters in Assassin's Creed, but there are definitely NPCs there that we all know and love and who are recurring. And so we're going to dive into one of those today. Awesome. Well, who is it? So the character today is none other than everyone's favorite snarky and sarcastic historian, Sean Hastings. Interesting. Well, Austin, as you know, I have only played two of these games so far. I'm, I'm currently getting real deep into assassin's creed one and i've played origins so i don't know who sean hastings is so you're gonna have to tell me a little bit about his uh, general information before we get deep into it so sean hastings is part of the assassin team that is helping desmond miles uh sort through the memories of Ezio auditory and then connor kenway so he first makes his appearance in assassin's creed 2 and he is a historical expert. So he is the one who is updating the de- database and like letting Desmond know, giving context to the history that he's experiencing so that he better understands that. He also is a coordinator for assassins. So he coordinates with different assassins around the world to make sure that they have the support and knowledge they need to succeed their missions. So he is in the modern day timeline. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yes. So we're going to dive into like who he was before. We're going to talk mainly about who he was before we meet him in the games between and between the games. We're not going to go real deep into what happens in the games, but there will be spoilers for um, Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, Revelation, 3, Unity, Syndicate, Black Flag, and Valhalla. So lots of spoilers coming. That's a lot. 
how spoiled am I going to be for the rest of these games? Um, you're going to get a pretty big plot line later on, but it's not that anything that you might have heard about this in Origins. Um, I'm pretty sure that we talked about it briefly in the Animus episode. Um, but there's a big spoiler about the plot line that you'll get later. But like all of these get like all the ones you just mentioned, they're not all going to be like totally ruined. No, you're and and none of the historical storylines are going to be ruined for you. It's all okay. the modern day storyline. That's fine because the way it's been going right now, I don't really care about the modern day timeline. I only care about the historical one. Well, you're you still haven't done your first assassination in Assassin's Creed one, so I'm almost there. I have been being a completionist so this is a little off topic but i learned watching you play that i had no idea that uh kristen bell voiced lucy stillman yeah you looked that up i was like yeah. she's familiar yeah i i mean and they kind of made her look like her too yeah 100 percent. i mean she's like skinny short blonde so yeah yeah all right well let's dive in yeah so sean is uh, he's born in 1985, which is seven years before yours truly was born. So if you want to figure out my age, do the math. And so he's born in England. We don't, we're not really specified a place in England that he's born. And this is probably intentional because assassins don't want to really be known. So they don't leave records of where they were born or other things that could be able to link them and track them down. Not to mention the fact that England is the Templar stronghold. Yes, exactly. Look at me knowing stuff. Yeah. Um, so he's born in 1985. And from his early teen years, so we're looking at mid-90s timeline, he began to be obsessed with conspiracy theories and other unexplained things. And those are how he describes them. But I'm assuming like, you know, tinfoil hat kind of stuff going on there. And at 15, 15, at 15, I couldn't even spell Upstergo, but um, he began well, to invest. Looking at the show notes, you still can't spell Upstergo. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he began invest investigating Upstergo Industries and found that they were up to no good. Which at this pause, a 15-year-old kid uncovers this conspiracy that has been buried and has been going on for thousands of years it's pretty amazing it's really impressive but also like you know i've worked with teenagers and children before in my day job and i've known a few teenagers who could do that he's also doing this with 90s technology oh that's true that's true and so as he like investigating this over the next several years, he is inspired to start preventing them from accomplishing their goals any way he could. And so while he was a junior professor, which probably young, so we're probably in like early mid to late twenties right now, if we're doing standard uh, education timeline, mid to late twenties. Uh, he took a, uh, pseudonym named Guy Fox uh, after one of the co-conspirators of the 1605 gunpowder plot and he began spreading the word about Abstergo. He published articles detailing Abstergo's inner workings to WikiLeaks which is just hilarious. 
um, and other news groups searching for people with stories to tell, all while remaining unaware that the nefarious Templars would try to silence him. So things are not looking great for Sean. Um, unaware of these Templars and he's spreading their secrets. Uh, and so and another assassin by the name of Rebecca Crane, who you also meet in Assassin's Creed 2, uh, she points out that he is in danger. Uh, and she attempts to warn him, but because of all of his conspiracy, conspiracy investigation, he doesn't believe her. He doesn't believe what, who she is. He doesn't trust her. Um, and he was eventually discovered by Abstergo CEO Alan Ricken. Um, and so on December 10th of 2010, Sean was kidnapped by Abstergo. Okay. Desmond is kidnapped in either 2011 or 2012. So close to each other. Um, and so he's kidnapped and trying to be brought to Abstergo, but he is escapes because the van stops to refuel and he takes that as his opportunity to escape. And Abstergo discovers that the van's computer was hacked, creating a false alert for a need to stop and refuel. Uh, this event was secretly brought about by Rebecca Crane and her hacking and intervention which you might remember from our animus episode rebecca crane is a huge tech expert and she created the animus 2.0 yes i do remember that i thought her name sounded familiar yes yes so she this hacking and stuff is part of the tech experts that she is good at uh rebecca then contacts sean and rescues him and recruits him into the brotherhood and there's i just want to pause here um because in this timeline, most assassins are born into the Brotherhood. Their parents were assassins. But Sean is a rare case in when he is recruited into the assassins. And he has a great conversation with Desmond where he says, you know, I'm all in for this because I chose it. Because most assassins are born into it, but not me. And you know what? That is so true for a lot of things. I think about religion, especially like most most people who are religious are born into it nowadays, at least. And I, in my own experience, people who, who become Christians or, or Jewish or any, anything that you can convert to are much more passionate about that religion because they chose it, not because they grew up with it and it's just what they've always done. Yeah. Um, and so he joins the assassins and because of the timeline, he is part of the team that helps Desmond escape Abstergo um, with Lucy and he helps Desmond as he explores the memories of his ancestors. Uh, and so we're at this point, he is an essential member, like I said, he is providing historical context and everything else, which helps like having the historical context of what's going they have found actually helps with synchronization in the animus because it helps your brain understand and process what's going on. I mean, that makes sense. Yes. It's a good detail. Yeah. And so this is when we get into the events of Assassin's Creed 2, which he helps Desmond as Desmond is training in the animus to become an assassin, providing historical uh, content and sassy banter. He's kind of like the stereotypical like asshole person with a british accent i act like i know 
more than you and I'm sarcastic and an asshole, but I really have a heart of gold. Like that's that's kind of Sean's personality and the archetype there always, he adopts. There always has to be one of those. Yes. And so he helps Desmond until they are discovered and they have to flee that hideout. And then we have the events of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which there's more kind of similar thing exploring Ezio's memories. Um, Sean is also someone who watches over Desmond after he enters a coma from animus exposure through Assassin's Creed Revelation. Um, and he helps with that. He's also, as Desmond's exploring the animus, he's also providing historical information because they can see what he's doing. They just can't talk to him. Um, and then he is there with Desmond in events of Assassin's Creed 3 in the Grand Temple of the Isu, um, where they have great uh, conversations. And like Sean comes like a sense of support for Desmond, like ensuring him because Desmond doubts, like, is this really going to make any difference? Are we really going to like find something or is this some kind of trap? And Sean is basically, I have to believe this is making the difference or I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, and he's like, this can't all be for nothing. Like we have to have something here. Yeah, absolutely. So yes. So here's your spoiler time. Unfortunately, Desmond dies at the end of Assassin's Creed three. He sacrifices himself to prevent a world ending event. And so Desmond or Sean, Rebecca and Desmond's father, William, they all kind of like part ways after that. And William is obviously distraught at the death of his son. Um, and so he's moving, he basically abandons Rebecca and Sean to like, to another mentor, Gavin Banks. And so Banks is trying to find a different place to continue this fight against the Templars. Cause yes, they prevented the solar flare, but this whole war between the assassins and Templars is still going on. Um, and so Rebecca and Sean spend a little time in Cali to spy on California, to spy on the Templars for the assassins. And they start moving across the Americas, just keeping an eye on the American Templars. Um, eventually, they end up in Oklahoma, where they're just there, where they decide the best way to kind of be of service to William and to honor Desmond is to find his body, which has been taken by Absterco. Um, and so they visit this place called the farm, which is um, a strong, an assassin stronghold where they raise the children um, that was raided during the purge. And so they revisit the ruins, and they Rebecca and Sean have conversations, kind of lamenting that they didn't really know Desmond, but Sean makes a comment where he's like, "I knew enough to know that he was important." And I think that speaks to the like bonding experience that happens between NPC or like just people that like they don't have to be long as long as they're significant and leave their mark. Um, and just you never know how short of a time will have an impact on someone. Um, very, very true. Yeah. And so they discover where Be Desmond's body is being held which is at Abstergo Entertainment in Montreal. And so Abstergo has expanded from just pharmaceuticals. They are now doing entertainment, making movies, video games, all kinds of things based on the Animus Project. So they're basically recreating cinematic movies and games and experience from memories of 
the assassin and Templar conflict. And it's really kind of like an ingenious, insidious plan because they're portraying this very real conflict as made up. I don't know why. Like, the animus is weird. Okay, yeah, a little unethical. But, like, I'm cool with it. But for some reason, them, like, taking the memories of these people that, like, cannot consent to giving their memories and using them to make movies and video games and whatever else they're doing to make money from that seems deeply unethical to me. And, like, yeah, Virgo and they're a deeply unethical company just generally all the way around. But I don't know. That just seems extra icky to me. Um, yeah. And I think that it gets to a point of like they're using a lot of the things they're doing are coming from Desmond's body. Um, so they're using his body to harvest DNA. Yikes. That's horrible. Uh-huh. They're horrible. And so Sean and Rebecca basically go undercover in Upstergo, Montreal. And through the events of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, they find Desmond's body. That's part of the Project 17. Um, And with the help of the modern-day player character, they are able to retrieve his body after a big to-do with another big Assassin's Creed thing that we'll get into, but not now. And so that's that. And so after they've recovered Desmond's body, they're reunited with uh, with uh, William Miles. Uh, and having his body and like being able to bury Desmond and like have that sense of mourning really gives William the sense of need that he needs to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, that closure. And so they start their work again. Um, and they meet up with Gavin Banks and the crew of the Altair 2, which is a ship. Um, that they take around with this Assassin Creed team. Um, and so they rebeat in a bunker in Norway. And so as they're there, they discover that there's a spy. Um, and how they do this is Rebecca discovers that their ship had been bugged and someone was recording and reporting their intel somewhere. So obviously this does not sit well with uh, William Miles, you know, a survivor of the Templar Purge. This is not going to sit well with him. Uh, he personally mentored both Lucy Stillman and uh, Daniel Cage, uh, who both ended up being sleeper agents. Um, and so he's very paranoid. And so he interrogates each of Gavin's crewmates for like five days. Uh, and he determines who the spy was. And so by May, the 23rd of May of 2013, or 2014, in accordance with the creed, he was going to have them executed for compromising the Brotherhood. Uh, Sean objects to this. He, he says, and he's preparing to cite moments of leniency in the Order's history. Like, not everyone has been, you know, uh, executed immediately for breaking the creed. Like, you've experienced, Altair was mock executed, but he wasn't completely killed for, and he broke the creed bad yes as i am learning Um, he messed up yes not only did he result in an attack on masiaf but they thought he lost a piece of eden for the templars he resulted in the death of assassins he resulted in uh killing of the innocent and so 
Yeah, he broke all three tenants. Yeah. Or how are. Yes. And so, but William isn't hearing this, and he orders Galliana Vor Vornina, who is an assassin, uh, like just normal assassin, to execute Dr. Stephanie Chu. Uh and then this prompts a protest from another assassin named Eric Cooper, who claims that he was the spy. Um, Sean kind of steps in at this moment and is like, no, that he can't be the spy. This doesn't make any sense. But Chu explains that she uploaded Cooper's reports to the initiates, which are a group of assassins that are kind of like working throughout the world, um, kind of working to rebuild the order. And so satisfied with this truth, uh, William and Gavin basically moved that like this was an order to like they had staged this so that they could flesh out this initiates group so that they could start working together. So they just play good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Um, and then so Sean is like has this moment where he's with William and he's like, so no one's dying today. And William's like, no. Um, and then Sh William appoints Sean and Rebecca uh, with the task of recruiting the initiates. Um, and so Sean sends out a recruitment message to the initiates. And then we have the events of Assassin's Creed Unity, which so Sean Hastings is in partner with an assassin named Bishop, who helps the uh, modern day player character in Assassin's Creed Unity shift through the memories of Arno um, to the Assassin's Creed uh, Unity. And he does kind of a what? Go ahead. I was just going to say, so just to confirm, it's not Kate Bishop? <laughs> no, it is not Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop! <laughs> um, and then he and Rebecca kind of take more field work opportunity in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, um, trying to locate what's called the Shroud of Eden, which they believe Upstergo is trying to use to resurrect an Isu. That sounds bad and also familiar to some of the things I've seen. Spoilery. Yeah. To uh, Odyssey. Yeah. And so they're trying to resurrect an Isu with the Shroud of Eden. Um, particularly, they're under the influence of the Isu Juno, who we learn is not trustworthy. Um, but Sean and Rebecca both of the have... Uh, information trying to find the shroud which leads them to london um and so they help the player character in assassin's creed syndicate work through the memories of jacob and evie fry to figure out where the shroud is in england and they go and attempt to seize it but they're met by a templar by the name of uh berg is their last name i can't remember their first name at the moment um and i didn't write it down but so berg he ambush them and he is kind of like an assassin hunter kind of like he just hunts assassin he's kind of like a nightmare to the assassins like if he shows up it means that assassins are going to die mm -hmm. um and so they engage in a fight with berg um rebecca crane is wounded and shot and the last thing we see there is sean attempting to get the shroud to put it on rebecca so can i ask you a question about pieces of eden mm-hmm how many are there? A lot. I don't think we've ever gotten a number. Okay. But they're not all the same thing. Yeah. So eventually, Sean and Rebecca kind of like retreat back into a little bit of obscurity. 
Uh, but after the events of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, Layla Hassan leaves her former team for extenuating circumstances, which I've spoiled enough for you already. So I'm not going to tell you what happens there. Um, Thank you. And basically Layla gets possessed by a piece of Eden. Sorry. I don't like that. Also, LOL, because I'm not going to spoil anything else for you. Immediately spoils something else. Uh, similar in a way that happens to Desmond in Assassin's Creed um, Brotherhood. And basically, when Sean and Rebecca hear about this, they feel a little bit of sympathy and kinship to what happens with Layla. So they go to take care of her. Um, And seemingly at this time, it seems like another world catastrophe is going to happen. Um, And so... Layla receives a mysterious email telling her to find the mad one, find the wolf kissed. And so Sean and Rebecca team up with Layla, taking her away from society when they find the body of Avor, Avor wolf kissed. And Layla shifts through the memories of Avor. Sean and Rebecca are both there um, to kind of assist and provide help. And, you know, Sean being... British and a big historian, uh, he knows a lot about the history that happens there. And so his his help is invaluable. He provides a lot of resources and documents that help you understand the intricacy of Vikings. And it is interesting because a point Eivor is buried in North America, a record of like a couple hundred years earlier than the Vikings land in North America. Fascinating. Yeah, so like it's like a big discovery. Uh and Sean makes a joke it's like, you know, like I'm sitting here on one of the biggest historical discoveries of the of the millennia and I can't tell anyone about it. Right. And so Sean helps with that um snarky and an asshole, but there's a got there's a big moment where Sean basically shares with Layla a lot of recordings from Desmond. Uh, Desmond talking about like what it means to be an assassin and why you should be an assassin that are really meaningful. And it just kind of goes to show this personality. Like I thought I hated Sean when I first interacted with him because he was snarky and an asshole. And I was like, dude, come on. Like, I don't really know what's going on here. Like I'm not here by, cause it's my choice and you're being an asshole and a dick to me as Desmond. And, but you really just kind of like underneath that exterior, someone who cares about, liberty and freedom and doing good in the world well now i'm really excited to meet him yeah um sorry to spoil some stuff oh that's you, okay but... Ooh, i knew when i when we decided to do this podcast i knew i was going to get spoiled for a lot uh, because we didn't want to wait for me to play all the games so that's okay yeah. But yeah, I think that for me, I know you're we normally do like why you love and hate this character. Um I think that for me, why I ended up liking Sean and Rebecca to an extent is that they expand like the assassins out. They're not all just like super combat ready, uh hidden uh, like murderers, basically, who kill everybody. Like they have other skills and friends, like Rebecca is a text expert and Sean is a historian. And so it really rounds out the assassins as an organization for me of like, okay, like that's a smarter tool because not everyone 
can learn to jump off buildings and fight with small knives that are hidden on, under your wrist. But everyone has skills, and it shows the assassins learn to incorporate that because they need all kinds of people. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like the Jedi, you know, not everybody is a Jedi Knight. Some people are the librarians and uh, like the guards and the Jedi Temple and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so I think that like also it shows that like it shows the importance of choice to the Assassin's Creed. Like the Assassin's Creed is something you always need to choose. Um, Absolutely. Which I think is a good point. Mm -hmm. Well, I am excited to meet him when that time comes, hopefully pretty soon. Um, But is there anything else you have to add about Sean? Uh, That's all I got for Sean. All right. Well, as we're closing up this episode, I would I would be remiss if I did not remind you to uh, give us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify if you have the chance and we will read it out on the show. If you give us a rating with words at five stars, we will definitely read that out. And also you can join our discord if you want to extend the fun in between episodes. We talk about Assassin's Creed and Star Wars and Dragon Age and a little bit of Mass Effect and some other stuff. So come on over to our Cups podcasting and more discord server and you can find the link in the description and other than that we'll see you next time on the assassin's creed Lorecast. thanks for listening to the assassin's creed Lorecast. you can find us on twitter at assassin's creed Lorecast, or you could talk to us on discord in the robots radio discord or our personal discord server both links found in this episode's descriptions thank you for listening and always stay to the shadows to serve the light assassins When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts.